the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Stories told of a man who was purifying gold when asked when he knew he was done. uh, The man simply said, when I can see my face in the melted gold. Pretty much that is what we are called to be like in Christ and putting on Christ-likeness. Next on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. So how do we know we are looking more and more like Christ? Well, that is the question we address today here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, who returns us to Colossians 5, verses 3 through 17. It's our final look at this section of Scripture where we are called to be like Christ and put on Christ-likeness, being like Christ in a world around us to the point that people would actually see Jesus in and through us. That's the challenge we face today. Join us, won't you? From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, here's Pastor Gary in today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. And Jesus said, I give unto you, not as the world gives, I give unto you, so, not, so do not let your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is a peace from God that surpasses all comprehension that stands guard over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And when he says, let the peace of Christ reign among you, he is speaking to them as individual and as a corporate body, to their experience as individuals and their experience as a church of believers. What is this peace of Christ in the believer's heart? Commentator William Hendrickson said, it is that rest, listen carefully, It is that rest and contentment in the hearts of those who know their Redeemer lives and He reigns. It is the conviction that the sins of the past have been forgiven, that the present is being overruled for good, and that the future cannot bring about a separation between Christ and His own people. You are at peace, end quote. Do you have that peace? Nothing in the past, the present, or in the future can separate you from the love of God, my friends. That should bring you a great peace. But peace is also something that the corporate body experiences, particularly when you understand the Hebrew roots of this word shalom. That is the restoration of God's order the restoration of complete health so that in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have those people in whom God's order has been established. They're no longer rebels. You have those people who were once dead in their trespasses and sins, and now they are in the midst of experiencing health in the midst, in the deepest and fullest meaning of that word. They want broken relationships between them to be healed They want the peace they have in their hearts to be experienced by everyone in the church. That is what the peace of Christ is. Now, what does this peace do according to our text? 
It rules. The literal meaning of this word rule in Greek is acts as an umpire. The peace of Christ acts as an umpire in all of the social relationships of believers. Believers have been called by God into one body, and we are to love and be at peace with everyone in that body, and we are to uh, uh, when we are to be promoting spiritual unity and affection between all of us in every way. And this cannot be accomplished unless the peace of Christ rules in each heart and life in the church. Strife and division are the inevitable results when people are out of touch with Christ, who is the source of peace. What did Jesus say in the Beatitudes? He said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. The one place in the world where there should be more peace than anywhere else is the church. Because it is made up of peacemakers. It is made up of people who want to have the peace of Christ to act as an umpire and rule in all of their relationships. What is the value of it when you join the church? Well, you took a vow that says... I promise to submit to the government and discipline of the church and to strive for its purity and peace. Those of you who are members, you took that vow. Are you striving for the purity and peace of Reformed Heritage Church? When you see people at odds with one another, do you try to establish real peace, not just whitewash the situation, but establish real peace between them? Now, what is interesting is what Jesus said right before he said, blessed are the peacemakers. You see, there is a divine order to the Beatitudes that you see in the book of Colossians. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. But right before that, he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You are not going to be a peacemaker unless you are pure in heart, which we discussed earlier, remember? You're not going to be able to be a peacemaker in the church unless these virtues of Christ's likeness are manifested in your life. Then Paul includes an interesting word there. Notice in verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, act as an umpire in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Have you noticed so far how many times in this little book of Colossians Paul has encouraged us to be thankful? Let's take a look. Chapter 1, verse 3. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Verse 12. That we might give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude or thankfulness. Chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which, you inde- to, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart for the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. 
So you see, this is an emphasis throughout the book of Colossians, a gratitude inseparable from peace. Gratitude to God is a gratitude to him for his grace and his peace in your life, for the fruit of the Spirit in our lives that is manifested as the virtues of Christ, which he planted there. Gratitude for such grace is what marks a Christian and the Christian life. It is the only proper response to God's grace. Why are peace and grace so closely related? It is because it is a gratitude to God and to other people in the church who are doing things for you. I don't think gratitude is, a, is limited to a gratitude to God, but should be given to other people in the church because it kills self-pity. It kills resentment. It kills bitterness. It kills self-centeredness, all of which are destructive to peace. You say, well, Gary, don't you, don't make a big deal of this. We're all grateful. Yeah, we are, but shallowly so. I was told a story one time about a little orphaned refugee child from, who hadn't had much food. This incident took place in a missionary's home when they were all sitting around the dinner table. The missionary passed around the bread, and his first child said, Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. The next child said, Thank you, Daddy. And then he came to the little orphan who had no other source of food but to collect it from the streets. And the missionary passed him a piece of bread. The little boy held it close to his heart, and he said, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, when you tell the Lord thank you, how do you tell him? Oh, thank you for that. No, it should be. Thank you. Oh, thank you for this gift I did not deserve. Calvin said, if gratitude takes possession, takes possession of our minds, we shall without fail be inclined to cherish mutual affection among ourselves. Then Paul moves from the peace of Christ to the word of Christ. He says in verse 16, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then there is a parallel passage to this. It is found in Ephesians chapter 5. You'll see it's almost identical to what I just read. Ephesians 5 verses 8 through 21 say, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now, beloved, here is the antidote to the charismatic movement. The charismatic movement says that there is a division among Christians. You see, you have those who believe in Christ, and then among those, you have those who are filled with the Spirit, who have received a second blessing of God. That's not what it says here. What does it say when you put these two parallel passages together? It says, the word filled Christian is the Spirit filled Christian. 
And the spirit-filled Christian is the word-filled Christian. The effects of being filled with the word of God are the same effects as being filled with the spirit. And it says here to keep on being filled with the spirit. Let the word of God keep on dwelling in you richly. So do you want to be filled with the spirit? Do you want to continue to live in the filling of the Holy Spirit? then continue to fill yourself with the Word of God. Because the more you study the Word of God and live it out in your life and thank God for it and meditate on it and apply it to your life, the more you are going to see manifested in your life the filling and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Word-filled Christian is the Spirit-filled Christian and the Spirit-filled Christian is the Word-filled Christian. There's not two kinds of Christians. Now, what is the word of Christ? It is that revelation that originated with Christ, and it is, of course, talking about the word of God. What does it mean to say, the Lord, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you? Well, here again, it has an individual and a corporate implication. The word of Christ dwells richly in us as individuals and among us as a church when we come together. The word governs our hearts as we pay heed to its exhortations, bow to its authorities, assimilate its lessons, and translate those lessons into our daily lives. That is how the word of God dwells richly among us when all of us, not just a few of us in the church, are in the word of God. Now, you may not realize this, but most churches have two churches. The first church is big, and the second church is smaller. The smaller is made up of that group within the body who hunger and thirst for God's Word. They just can't seem to get enough of it. They can't read it enough. They can't read enough good books about it. They can't hear it preached and taught enough. But it's a small group within a church. Uh, then the other church is the rest of the members who seem to be satisfied with an occasional reading of the Bible and coming to worship a couple of times a month. Which church do you belong to here at Reformed Heritage Church? My earnest prayer is that all of us will become one church where every one of us hungers and thirsts for the Word of God, where the Word of God dwells in us and all of us and among us so richly that we can't get enough of it, that we no longer give excuses as to why we can't hear it preached or taught regularly or why we can't read it or can't study it, but we want it more in our lives and become more Christ-like by that word dwelling among us. This is my prayer for each one of you so that at RHC we will only have one church. Let the word of God Dwell in you richly. Now the application is this. Because by obedience to the word of God, peace is conveyed to the heart and to the life. The word of Christ should dwell in us richly. Which means that word should govern every thought and every word and every deed in our lives. And there's nothing profound about this particular application. But beloved, if... We are going to be one church. 
If Christ is going to dwell in us and among us richly, then you, and I'm talking to you, not the person who's sitting next to you, then you have got to be a Bible student. Then you have got to be a Bible student. Do you know what the basic meaning of the word disciple is? It is a learner. So that if a person quits learning, he is no longer a disciple. Are you continuing to learn the word of God? Are you seriously being a Bible student? You know, there are experts in this room. Experts in the medical field. Expert teachers. Expert nurses. Experts in programming. Experts in music. We've got all kinds of experts here. And you had to pay a price to be an expert, didn't you? I mean, not one of you took a pill and woke up the next day an expert. You had to pay a price. You had to study at times when you didn't want to study. You had to burn the midnight oil. You had to concentrate when it was extremely difficult to concentrate. But there was something that you wanted more than anything else. So you paid the price you needed to get it. Are you willing to pay the price to let the word of Christ dwell among us richly? Are you willing to pay the price to be a Bible student, to burn the midnight oil, to concentrate when you don't feel like concentrating, to make yourself read the Bible, listen to those CDs, go to the Bible studies, go to hear the preached word? Are you willing to pay the price? Are you going to be one church? And if you are trying, if you're going to truly be the man, the woman, the young person Christ called you to be, you've got to pay the price to be a real Bible student. And to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And it says we are to do these things with all wisdom. This means you don't just read the Bible to be a sponge and soak up facts, to be an intellectual person. But you acquire this knowledge and increase it so you can be wise. So you can put it into practical effect in your life and encourage other people, teaching them how to put it into effect in their lives. But notice this phrase. Paul says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you or within you all with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. Or here again is that word, neuthetically counsel one another with psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So, here is the counsel God gives us. Here is how we let the word of Christ find a home in us and among us. And that is, all of you who have been called to be members of the body of Christ, teach and counsel each other in singing. Now, I don't think this is addressed to the preacher or the choir exclusively. It doesn't say you members of the choir or you who have a degree in teaching or a degree in music teach and admonish. No, those of you who are members of the body of Christ, one of the ways you teach each other and the way the word of God finds a home in us is that you teach and you counsel and you encourage each other with singing. This is a major habit of, of Stephen and Rebecca when you come to their house. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to go out this door today and you go around singing to one another. I'm not talking about finding someone to sing to, but the point is 
when we as a congregation meet together here at the church and in our homes, are we singing with and to each other? You didn't realize that singing the hymns here was that important, did you? In your homes, are you singing with and to your children? This is one of the major ways the Word of God finds a home within us as individuals, as families, as a church. This is what he says here. One way is that we teach and we counsel and we encourage one another by singing from the heart to God songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Well, what's the difference between these three? Well, there is a lot of overlapping, but let me tell you what the commentator Hendrickson said. The word psalms refers mainly to the Old Testament psalms. Hymns refer mainly to New Testament songs of praise and spiritual songs mainly to sacred lyrics dwelling on things other than praise to God. Now, they obviously overlap, but the point is that we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs from the heart to God so that we might teach and encourage one another. Now, if our singing to each other is going to be instructive, it has to be true, right? The word of Christ has got to dwell in you richly if it is going to be instructive and if it is going to have the effect of encouraging each other. And it says here to use songs for that teaching. Now, I would recommend that you parents purchase CDs by a very fine lady by the name of Judy Rogers, who is actually Joe Moorcraft's sister-in-law, by simply going to judyrogers.com. She has one CD where she sings songs based on the Westminster Shorter Catechism titled, Why Can't I See God? Or the one titled, Go to the Ant, which are songs from Proverbs. They're true, based on the Word of God. They have a majesty in music that is worthy of the truth of the songs. Teach yourselves and your children the great hymns of the faith also and the psalms. Don't think you have to begin by teaching your children fuzzy little ditties and then wait until they grow up to start with the great hymns. Is all your children know is Jesus loves me, this I know? Or do they know hymns like holy, 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 and a mighty fortress is our God? Now, we have talked about the virtues of Christ, the love of Christ, the peace of Christ, and the word of Christ, because Christianity is Christ and the Christian life is all bound up with the person and work and word of the Lord Jesus Christ Paul's testimony was for me to live as Christ and to die as gain in other words Paul is saying you can sum up my life in one word and that is Christ can you in Hebrews 12 we read we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so eagerly, easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Galatians 2. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. 
And then Colossians 2.6. Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Beloved, that is the Christian life. That is Christ-likeness. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, help us to live all bound up in the person, work, and word of our Lord Jesus Christ and to emulate him in all we think, say, and do, to put on Christ's likeness so that others are drawn to you by the way we live for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408. 408- 8665607 that's 4088665607 our website where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us is reformedheritage.org and then of course you can write to us at PMB that stands for post mailbox number 402 1484 Pollard Road Los Gatos California the zip code is 95032 Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. (music) 